Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Cybersecurity Quick Strike for Monday, January 2nd, 2023, and Happy New Year. A little short item here from GDPR Buzz. Twitter is facing investigation in Ireland over the data breach. The Ireland's Data Protection Commission has opened a probe into the Twitter um, hack that affected 5 million users back in November. This is just a beginning of this. I, this is the first one I think that I've seen with regards to GDPR for that Twitter issue. I'm um, going to have to keep on watching for that. Here's an interesting one to start out the new year. From bleeping computer, ransomware gang cloned victims' website to leak stolen data. This is the Black Cat ransomware. And what they did is they created a replica of the victim site. So a little bit more detail here. On December 26th, the threat actor published on their data leak site, which is hidden on a Tor network, They've compromised this company in financial services. They, um, the company, the victim did not re meet the ransomware demands. And so all of the files were published on that site. This is standard operating procedure. But what the deviation is here is that the hackers, the criminals, I should say, the criminal hackers created a clone website of the victim's website and release the data there as well too. Apparently this is meant to potentially shame the victim site even more so to paying the ransom. So a little bit more creative in trying to get their payment. Will it stick in 2023 as a tactic? We'll find out. And while I was looking at that article, I noticed another one on the uh, bleeping computer site, which I found very in interesting. Uh, this has to deal with um, Lockbit. So Lockbit is a ransomware as a service. And basically what their business model is, is that they produce the ransomware to other folks to use it. There is a contract involved. And for all of this Lockbit gets to keep 20% of the ransom, but there are rules that need to be followed. And when those rules are not followed, then Lockbit will step in. And in this particular case, the um, Hospital for Sick Children, otherwise known as Sick Kids, and this is in Toronto, they're a teaching and research hospital that focuses on providing health care to sick children. They suffered a ransomware attack in mid-December. And it didn't really cause a lot of disruption, but it caused some, it, such as delays in receiving lab and imaging results, resulted in longer patient wait times. But this apparently went against Lockbit's uh, ransomware policy, their operating SLAs, whatever you want to call them. And they apologized for the attack and released a free decryptor to them. Quote from Lockbit, we formally apologize for the attack on sickkids.ca and give back the decryptor for free. The partner who attacked this hospital violated our rules, is blocked, and is no longer in our affiliate program. The Lockbit folks go on to say that as part of their terms of service, quote, it is forbidden to encrypt institutions where damage to the files could lead to death such as cardiology centers, neurosurgical departments, maternity hospitals, and the like. That is, those institutions where surgical procedures on high-tech equipment using computers may be performed. So it's a business, but not without 
some measure of trying to do the right thing. And related to that, I thought I found this interesting about ransomware. Ransomware ecosystem becoming more diverse for 2023. This is from CSO Online. Some of the larger ransomware groups have disbanded for various reasons. For example, um, Revil or Revel, depending upon how you pronounce it, uh, disbanded somewhat after the dark side attack on the Colonial Pipeline. And then as far as last year, um, Conti was heavily involved in some of the um, efforts in the Ukraine-Russia conflict, and they think that that helped to shut down the decision for the group to shut down in this past May. There was a little bit of a drop in ransomware there, but then others took the lead, including and probably the largest being Lockbit that we just talked about. This is the main group that stepped up its operations following Conti's shutdown by revamping its affiliate program and launching a new and improved version of its ransomware program. Uh, that's a quote from the article. The uh, They were responsible for the highest number of ransomware incidents during the third quarter of 2022 and the highest number of victims listed as data leak web website for the entire year. One other thing of note from the article that we just talked about, they quote, they say here, some groups such as Lockbit have started to introduce additional extortion methods, such as DDoS attacks to force their victims to pay the ransom. This trend is likely to continue in 2023. And of course, we just saw that with the clone website to try to shame folks into um, paying their, their, their um, ransom. But also we saw that Lockbit had um, a conscience in that they are going to continue to operate within their stated parameters. The 2023, I think we're going to see, I'm not doing predictions anymore, but I think we're going to see an increase in um, ransomware more as a business, just that whole model continuing to refine itself. And of course, they have R&D departments to try to figure out better ways to monetize their product. For the financial services industry, this comes from Security Boulevard, an overview of cybersecurity issues faced by the fintech industry. Now, fintech, for those who aren't familiar with the term, it's sort of a common term to describe using technology and innovation in financial services and in systems. This article lists some cybersecurity risks and challenges. And I think that every FI should be aware of these particular, but also every anybody who uses banking uh, in fintech, which is probably everybody, should also understand what these financial institutions face, the risks that they need to address. So I'm just going to read them. You can find more detail in the article. The link, of course, is in the show notes. Cloud computing issues, malware attacks, third-party access, system complexity and compatibility, money laundering risks, identity theft and authentication, online digital platform, and compliance. So some of those are certainly shared with other industries. Some of those are specific. More details are in the article. I almost didn't include this. And you'll understand why in just a moment, but I decided to anyway so that I can opine on it a bit. From Digital Information World, 85% of IT pros fear cybersecurity issues in 2023. According to a new report, quote, released by 
Craig Business Intelligence a whopping 85% of the IT experts surveyed stated that they expect moderate to extreme cybersecurity issues over the next year or so. The article continues to go on and and give some more statistics, such as 65% of those experts cited ransomware as a prime concern. It's kind of obvious. I think 60% there would be a huge uptick in phishing attacks. Uh, 47% feel that malicious files and email attachments will be a major issue, and so on and so forth. Now, I did not go out and actually reference the study itself, but this article to me is throwing a lot of numbers out there without context. And the biggest context is what actually defines an IT security, or rather an IT expert and professional with regards to who they ask. How many did they ask? What industries did they ask from? Maybe some of these items are within the report. The reason why I bring this up is that it's best to always dig in deeper if you're interested in these sorts of statistics to understand the context involved. Otherwise, you know, we have a term in the military called FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. A lot of this feels very FUD-ish to me, but there could be some useful information, which is why ultimately I decided to include it in today's podcast. And then finally, I'm going to continue something that I started last month or month and a half of the year. Remember, I was talking about cybersecurity predictions, and I would get a list and I would read them on the podcast without having looked at them before so that I could give you my initial reaction to them, good, bad, indifferent, whatever it might be. I'm not going to do predictions anymore because we're in 2023 now, although I'm sure that there's still more out there, but I like the idea of going through lists. And so this came to me from Make Use Of, or M-U-O, the eight best free cybersecurity tools to keep you safe as a remote worker. And I think this is great because everybody who's out there working remotely should know how that they should keep themselves secure. So let's see, as a remote worker, it's expedient that you're cautious of cybersecurity threats. You need to monitor your Wi-Fi networks to ensure they are safe enough to access sensitive data. Okay, so far so good. Thankfully, there are cybersecurity tools to avert any sort of issues. Let's get into the tools. Number one, Burp Suite. Of course, Burp Suite is used for pen testing and uses a vulnerability using a web crawler that maps the application. It seemed um, Burp Suite would seem to be a little bit maybe advanced for your typical uh, remote worker, but I've played with it before, and there's certainly some value there. There is a free version, I believe. Number two, Defendify. This is an online cybersecurity SaaS platform that provides standard protection for companies. There's a remote worker. It's common to work with different goals and gadgets. So Defendify offers layers of security that give protection across technology, especially if you have no external cyber team. The first layer is assessment and testing, which checks the weakness of your... Okay, I'm not really sure what this is. Um, I may put it on my list of things to check out. It sounds a little nebulous. The third one, well, here's a surprise. Kali Linux. Of course, we all know what Kali is. It... They're saying that it comes with over 600 penetration testing tools that are pre-installed, providing the extra security for your system. Uh, again, I think we're getting into areas that are way beyond the capabilities of your remote worker. So 
And then number four, I, I see this here. They're talking about Wireshark, which is, of course, an online sniffer, uh, packet decoder. Uh, I don't think people can read PCAPs all that well or even understand how to use Wireshark. I think that maybe this article should have been framed more towards IT departments of folks that have remote workers. I'm not sure because I'm never going to expect anyone to like use Kali or, or Wireshark on their home networks. Um, PFSense, a free open source software based on FreeBSD. It doubles as a firewall and a router. Um, again, okay. So, so if you don't want to use like a Soho router, you can set this up for yourself. Again, I think that that's way beyond your typical home user. I don't see anything wrong with it. I, I've run Linux-based routers in the past many, many times. Uh, KeyPass. Okay, it's a free and open source password manager for Windows. Um, I'm very big on password managers. Obviously, they have to be managed correctly. Um, there are some risks. There's, a, of course, everything out there right now about LastPass and so on. So you have to con constantly manage uh, the risks and understand what the risks are out there. I would say this about any sort of password manager, at least my opinion, I'm in favor of two things, that you don't host it locally unless you really know what you're doing and that you use two-factor authentication. And then beyond that, make sure you have an extraordinarily uh, complex um, initial password, base password. That's where the whole LastPass issue comes into play. Um, of course, I think I just said use two factor to, to access it. And also don't reuse any of your passwords and make sure all the passwords that are in there are randomly generated and of at least 20 characters. If the system that you're using it for will support that, um, tripwire and tripwire, I think is useful to an extent. This is just going to manage, uh, look for changes in files. And a lot of times files are altered by folks that are um, uh, getting into systems and so on and so forth. But again, I think Tripwire is going to be a little bit beyond your average user, uh, beyond their their capability. If this can be managed uh, centrally by the, by the company that has the remote workers, then that's another story. Aircrack NG is a suite of Wi-Fi security tools used for pen test. Oh, here we go again with pen testing. Um, you're not going to find people to do that, to have that skill set as remote workers. Again, so I would again say this, uh, again, the title for this article was, quote, the eight best free cybersecurity tools to keep you safe as a remote worker. And the sub byline says, more of us are working from home. What can you do, you do to maintain the same security you might have in the office? Uh, these are more for folks that are specialized in the field just my opinion. So just a couple more random thoughts about the last article. There's a danger in using tools if you don't really understand the tool that you're using and can interpret the output. As I'm sure many of you are aware, you can run scans and penetration tests and web application scans and vulnerability assessment and so on and so forth. But if you don't understand what it is that you're looking at, you're going to be faced with a, a whole bunch of information. Um, and what are you going to do with that? 
it's it can be very dangerous and very overwhelming. And then you might end up focusing on things that then you try to fix, but you end up breaking something else. I think that that was not a very responsible article, not in its content, but in its direction to whom they were they were pointing it to. I think some of those tools in there are very valid. I use some of them as well too. You always got to be careful about being able to use a tool correctly. And of course, in IT and cybersecurity, there are so many instances. I'm sure every one of you listening to this, whether you're actually in IT or cybersecurity or infosec, or you are in a company that that has that department where tools have been bought, but you don't have the resources to properly manage it. A lot of times that ends up being a waste of tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is very sad uh, because you're 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 not getting a good return on your investment with regards to that. And and I could start to walk down the quantitative risk assessment side. Do, are you, do you really think that you're actually reducing a, your cost exposure, even if you were using it correctly with that? Um, anyway, I digress. So be careful about that. Be careful about the tools that you use. And and how you interpret them. Tools are great. Just learn how to use them right. The other thing I wanted to say is thank you. So this is the first episode, obviously, of 2023. And I had over 13,000 plays last year for the various iterations of the virtual CISO moment. And that doesn't count that which is on YouTube. This is just stuff that's managed through Anchor. And I'm so thankful for all of you that You've given me encouragement to continue this process. So long as I feel that I'm providing a useful service to y'all, I will continue to do this. It is a lot of work. Uh, Today, of course, is a holiday, but I came into the office to research and record this podcast in order to keep going for you because I get satisfaction knowing that I'm helping some of you. So again, my sincere thanks. My goal for 2020, or rather 2023, is to at least get 20,000, get to the point of 20,000 plays. But I'll tell you one thing, I'm never that concerned about the number of plays. I'm concerned about the quality of plays and that I'm making a difference. And even if it only helps out a few, it's worth it to me. So thank you again. And have a great kickoff episode tomorrow with Dave Evangelista. He is a financial services IT pro. He is also was in law enforcement for many years. He has a great perspective. Joins us tomorrow for the first video discussion of 2023. It's still taking me a little while to learn to say 2023. Anyway, until tomorrow, stay secure.